Hey, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish, here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. This is a weekly show shot 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Times in which I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master while preparing for my Sunday D&D game. In this case, I am running the game Eberron the Second Morning. This show, like all of the work of Sly Flourish, is brought to you by the patrons of Sly Flourish. You can become a patron of Sly Flourish by going to patreon.com slash slyflourish and signing up. The patrons help pay for all of the hardware and software and bandwidth and all of the server expenses and everything else that I have to help keep the Sly Flourish network going. For those of you who are patrons of Sly Flourish, thank you very much for helping support the show. So we are coming pretty close to the end of my Eberron campaign. Uh, it's not. It's been probably about nine or ten months, I think, at this point. Uh, and we are about forty. I think we crossed the fortieth session recently, and everything's kind of coming uh, to a close. Everything's kind of coming to a head. It's all leading to a place called Claw Rift. So the whole. If I'm going to summarize the campaign in as short as I can do, and still improvise it. The characters are attempting to prevent the construction of a of the weapon of mourning. So there was a once a very powerful weapon that destroyed the entire nation of Sire uh, and turned it into a wasteland known as the Mornland. Uh, a bunch of political groups are getting together to try to uh, either acquire or stop the acquisition of a weapon similar to that one. Uh, the main villains in this case are uh, is a an oni named. Leto Skull, who's in like a very opportunistic Oni, who is now working for the daughters of Sorakal, uh, or Sorakel, the daughters of Sorakel, who are the three rulers of the monstrous nation of the Droam. They are attempting to acquire the weapon so that they can become a ratified nation under the Treaty of Thronehold. So uh, very much a World War II slash Cold War style campaign. Um, the daughters and Leto have gone, have taken all of these artifacts that they need and um, brought them to, uh, brought them to a, the center of the Mornland, a city called Making, uh, and particularly to the center of that city, a structure known as Claw Rift. Claw Rift is essentially like Chernobyl. It is a, it was like a super powerful magical construct, like a magical place that's ancient. And it, had, it was the only place on, in Corvair where you could build something as powerful as the Weapon of Mourning. Uh, but it, when it blew up, when the Mourning happened, uh, it basically burned out the entire core of this thing. And now it's this roaring pillar of magical energy that's super deadly and dangerous. Um, but if you can get back down into there, you can build another weapon again, which is exactly what the Daughters of Sorakel and, and Leto Skull and their villains are trying to do. Uh, the characters have made their way into the City of Making, uh, they just crawled through an airship, uh, a, a derelict airship, and faced some strange monsters that were sort of half-mutated versions of uh, mortals and beings of the dreamscape Dalcor. Uh, that was really hard. They just got to the other side of the airship and now are making their way into the city of making again. So uh, that is, and they're, they're, they know that their goal is to get to, to Claw Rift, but a bunch of different factions are now at war inside the city of making, and they have to navigate that. So uh, we will start off our prep, of course, as we always do, by going to Notion. Uh, if you are curious about how I'm keeping track of my notes, uh, you can read the article either in the show notes below. Uh, if you're here on uh, Twitch, you can read the, uh, that link I just posted. For those of you who are on Twitch, 
If you see other people who invariably ask, hey, what's Mike using to keep track of his campaign notes? Just type exclamation mark notion and it will paste that same link in there and they can go read about it themselves. Uh, so we're in notion and I'm gonna click in here and I'm gonna say generate a new session planning template and it pops one out and I'm gonna double, it goes right into it and we have the date is three January. 2021, Sunday, Eberron. First game of the new year, um, which is awesome. <clears throat> so we start by reviewing our characters. We go to our characters, we go to our Sunday, uh, we'll go to our Sunday gallery. We have six characters. We have Zarentir Delander. Uh, it was turned out it was a Delander airship, and he uh, uh, Zarentir defeated the uh, mutated Captain Delander, another dragon-marked member, like a second cousin or something, uh, who crashed the crashed the ship. Um, oh, that's right. And in the bottom of the ship, they in a vault, they found a key, and the key is something that can be used in Claw Rift to change the portal in Claw Rift to go to Dalcor. And if they can open up the portal to Dalcor, that is what uh, the, the villainous uh, sentient crystal ball, Locke, uh, named Lack, secretly wants. Uh, so Zarentir uh, had uh, a fair bit of character development. Not, not a lot, but like basically it was, a, it was a, the lander airship. Uh, Saber is a shifter monk of the Four Winds and um, Bounty Hunter. So pretty familiar with crawling through, um, uh, you know, getting, getting, uh, going through uh, making and, and dealing with like derelict cities and stuff like that. Uh, Shift, played by Juliet, is the, one of the first Warforged uh, ever created. And um, she is a Warforged uh, Pact of the Undying. And her... Uh, patron is none other than uh, Lady Elamaro, the head of the Emerald Claw, the lich, the lich leader of the Emerald Claw, who is hoping that Shift will steal the weapon and bring it to her. Uh, we have Shane Husk, notable author, um, wrote uh, a bunch of uh, um, histories and fiction of the um, the Last War and of the creation of making, and now is in the middle of it himself. He is a hobgoblin um, wizard. Uh, Banner is a um, Warforged Paladin of the Becoming God, uh, who was a former member of the Lord of Blades. And I think we're going to have some Lord of Blades stuff going on in here. Uh, and we have Arwen Chi Sizu. Arwen is a member of um, a, a latent dragon marked member of House Civis. Uh, recently, um, uh, kill, uh, didn't kill her father, really, destroyed her father, a copy of her father's simulacrum. Um, and, uh, yeah, and now is alone. It's quite sad. So those are the six characters. And I think character wise, the ones, the, the ones who are going to have the major hooks are probably going to be banner. I could change things in the story around to bring in some other ones. Like I could bring in more Emerald Claw people too. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to bother. I think we're going to stick with uh, Lord of Blades as, as sort of a, a main antagonist, one of the main antagonists here. So the characters, so we got our game notes. I have reviewed the characters. Uh, so strong start. Um, so they are, um, they're standing outside of the ship. I forget the ship's name. Let's go back to our notes. Uh, da, da, da. Go back to here. We'll go to our locations. 
Um, the Sky Dancer was the name of it. So standing outside of the Sky Dancer, uh, big, um, they'll see this big beam of light coming out of, uh, it was coming out of Claw Rift. Uh, Claw Rift surrounded by a huge prismatic sphere. Um, the daughters, we'll link to daughters. Whoops. Oh, that's fine. The daughters of Sorakal, uh, have the daughter's earth moat floating above the city. Uh, a huge, uh, burning trench leads to uh the citadel what is it called locations the fortress of blades uh i think they might meet uh, so I, I had an npc that i was going to bring in last game and i didn't and i still have them around and that's not brought Maul. Maul, I think, was going to be a former companion of Banner. Yeah. So we're going to have um, meet Maul, mortally wounded, outside of the Skydancer. Um, the prismatic sphere is as of the spell. It is a huge prismatic sphere. Uh, there are keys, and this will be in our secrets and clues. So we might jump down to our secrets and clues here. Uh, the prismatic, let's see, uh, which daughter? So we've got to go back to our daughters here, the daughters of Sorakel. Um, Sora Tazara, Taraza. Sora Taraza of the Daughters of Sorakel um, put up the sphere to protect their interests in Claw Rift. Um, three keys to the sphere exist. One with each daughter. Uh, Sora, I guess we can, we can cut this down and say each daughter has a key to get into the sphere. Sora Taraza, this is another secret, uh, resides two of the daughters. Let's see, Sora, Mena, and Sora, I always forget their names. Uh, Sora Katra, K-T-R-A, are in Claw Rift with Lido. Uh, Sora Taraza remains in the Daughter's Citadel, the Daughter's Earth Mountain. Um, 
the Lord, the, uh, so let's see, the Lord of Blades interests uh, in Clawrift is led by Broadsword. Uh, the LOB's um, top lieutenant Uh, Broadsword supposedly has a way to get past the sphere. And into Claw Rift. And is working on this beneath um, the fortress. Beneath the Fortress of Blades. Uh, what else? Hammering through secrets. That's five secrets right there. Um, there is a uh, derelict. It's not really derelict, right? A ruined laboratory. Let's see. I think it's called that, right? Uh, the dark tunnels, uh, there is a dark tunnels and shattered laboratory, the northern side of the city. I guess it's the eastern side of the city. Um, some believe it is, um, it has a portal. Well, it has, um, it has a portal to get into claw rift but none have survived uh none have survived the journey so really there are three possible ways so you have claw rift in the center of the city it's surrounded by a prismatic sphere that the daughters of Sorakel have put up so that they can stop everybody else from getting in there while they're busy making the weapon, which I know is like crazy powerful spell. Like building a mile wide prismatic wall is insane, but whatever. We're shaking up the rules. They're very powerful. Kind of shows how powerful they are. Um, and they use a scroll to do that, I mean, a big old scroll. So there's only three ways in. That means you can't just walk into Claw Rift and go in. You have to find another way in. And there are three ways in. Uh, one way is the agents of the broadsword, the general, the, the commander of the Lord of Blades here in making, supposedly has a way in. In secret, it is a, um, uh, it is a warforged purple worm that can eat its way through the ground to get in there, and and they'll follow this thing in. Uh, Another way in is to get to the daughter's, get to the, um, uh, up onto the daughter's earth moat, confront uh, Sora Taraza and get the key from her. And then you can get in. Uh, third is you can try to make your way to uh, the shattered laboratory, uh, which is an old Kenneth laboratory that supposedly has a portal. Um, but the only way into the laboratory is through a series of tunnels um, that connect it to another place. 
So that gives the characters some options about what direction they want to take. The closest one is the Lord of Blades Citadel. So that's kind of the nearest one uh, that they've that they've got. Um, so what other secrets? Um, what other secrets? Uh, oh, what did I just do? I just closed everything. I minimized all my windows. That freaked me out. Um, everything's still good. Everybody can still hear me. What other secrets do we have um, that we want to explore? So, oh, uh, a uh, contingent of um, silver flame soldiers holds the eastern side of the town coming from garrisoned at the uh what's it called go back here we go to my locations i forget the names of all the locations uh da, da, da. the spire of the spire of silver flame Uh, so that's a good one. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is that right? I got seven secrets. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, seven. So I got uh, three more secrets to reveal. What are some other good, important secrets here? Uh, Cavella, leader of the Dask, uh, is here having been summoned by the daughters along with Lido. Cavella and Lido. Oh, um, Terraza holds another emissary. Why did that not work? Um, another of the holds another of the emissaries of the dreaming dark. So the emissaries of the dreaming dark are seven orbs that each contain a, a, a personality from the dreamscape world of Dalcor. The seven are Lack, Chris, Vorn, Thrine, Sin, case and war and um lack is held by the party uh right now shane husk holds lack chris uh snark says is a simulacrum thing a secret yes it's probably a secret but it's probably not going to be revealed now uh but that does bring up another secret so let me go back so many notion windows open now here here i want to capture that secret while i'm thinking about it um, the daughters themselves came to making. This is unheard of. They haven't, they haven't left Roam since its foundation. They've never 
They've never left Rome since its foundation. That's leading to the fact that it's not actually the daughters that are there. But I'm not ready to say that they're simulacra. You're not going to find out they're simulacra until you beat them, and then they turn into a simulacra. So until they turn to snow. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Is that all 10? Wow. How did I get to 10 so fast? Uh, but let's go back to the emissaries. So Lack is held by um, Shane Husk. Uh, Chris is held by Lido Skull. Uh, and I, I can't remember. So Vorn. Um, so I think it's Vorn. Yes. Uh, Vorn is held by, um, um, Vorn is held by Sora Terraza of the Daughters of Surakal. Thrine, Sin, Case, and War are in other parts of the world. Uh, Thrine, that's just for fun, let's figure it out. Uh, Thrine is held by an ancient brass dragon in Arganesson. Uh, it was Thrine that sent agents to try to recover um, Lack when it thought Lack had been kidnapped. And Lack said, I haven't been kidnapped, leave me alone. It's one of three Arganesson orbs along with War and Sin. Um, that reside I don't know how to spell Arganesson uh, so war uh, is probably the most dangerous of them and is in a um, is currently in a battle of wills and has been for a thousand years with an ancient red dragon in uh, Arganesson, uh, far off in Arganesson. Uh, and Sin is held by an archmage, an elven archmage, and they have had a long-standing symbiotic relationship. So they're they're friends. So War and the Red and the Gold Dragon are not friends. Um, Sin and the archmage are friends. They've kind of figured it out. And every one of these has a different personality, so they're not all violent and nasty. Um, Case. Uh, is held deep in, um, is held by the Daleker, um, now held by a Mind Flayer Lich named Zelix, in service to Belashira, the Daleker, in the Citadel of the Lidless Eyes, deep in Kyber. So it's well, it's lost well beneath the earth. That's Case. Um, held by a Mind Flayer in Kyber, War, um, Held by an ancient gold dragon in Argonesson. Uh, Sin held by an archmage. In Argonesson. And Thrine is held by an ancient brass dragon in Arganesson. Held by and has taken over. It's in control. So those are the uh, the emissaries. Uh, but really, the only emissary, uh, Vorn, as, as far as what matters today, 
Uh, Circle holds one of the uh, Dreaming Dark. If you've worn. Uh, which was brought to her by Cavella. Who recovered it from Old Charm. All right. Plenty of secrets to expose. So that is all good. I'm going to make sure to move my mic and not short it out so you guys can still hear me. Um, so I'm good there. Locations, I've got a lot. So of course we have making, and we can talk about making. Uh, we have the daughter's earth moat as a possibility. We have, um, this. what did I call it? I forgot its name. Uh, the Fortress of Blades. Uh, we have uh, the Spire of Silver Flame. Oh, why did that not work? Uh, so those are the three sort of big sub locations in making. And then we have Claw Rift. So those are all, so I'm, I'm kind of in a spot. I'm kind of in a bind because I don't know which one of those locations are going to go to. It would of course been better if they had gotten through the derelict ship faster and had made a choice about their path as it stands now they can sort of choose any of these paths that they want to take. And that means I don't know which of these to prepare. So I have to sort of be ready to run any of them. Uh, so we're going to list our NPCs. Uh, we, of course, have the daughters. We have Cavella. Uh, we have Lido. Uh, we have um, Broadsword. We have Maul. We have, um, what other NPCs? Uh, oh, whoops. Let's take a look. Uh, NPCs. So we have broadsword. We should reposition that one. Why did all these, none of these positioned right? Whoops. Wow, and just by repositioning them, it make it marks them for as as new. Um Lance Commander Severa. So those are a handful of NPCs they can run into. They're probably going to run into Maul first. We'll move him up to the top. Um, and then Broadsword is probably up there and Lance Commander. So Lance Commander Severa is the leader of the uh, Silver Flame contingent that's here in making. Uh, they are at war with both members of the... Um, um, uh, they're at war with both members of the um, uh, Lord of Blades 
and the daughters of Sorakel. So, you know, there's a lot going on there. So, uh, monsters, we have sort of probably three groups. Um, so group number one, um, I guess I'll do like a sub list. So we have, um, uh, Droam, and we have Cyclops, Trolls, Medusa, Mages. Um, do they have like, I guess they're trolls or they're foot soldiers. That's who they brought in were trolls. Uh, maybe ogres. Uh, they have goblin artificers. Any other interesting Droam monsters? Probably not. We have um, Lord of Blades. Uh, they have, yeah, so Oni, um, I guess Oni, but but uh, the Oni, I already have two Oni. Those are the two named characters. That's um, Leto, Skull, and Cavella are both Oni. So I'm, I'm good on Oni, I think. Um, and, you, and your Medusa mages are really fun. They're like Oni. They're, they're as cool as Oni. Uh, I thought about gnolls, but I think gnolls and Eberron come from like a different group. Oh, harpies. Yeah, harpies are good. Harpy spies, right? Kind of lurking about. Um, uh, so Lord of Blades, we have veterans. Uh, we have, well, actual soldiers, right? Uh, maybe mages? How about uh, cult fanatics? Probably not. We can never can never hurt to put a mage. I use the mage stat block all the time at mid tier. Um, oh, they have titans, right? Yeah, war mages. Um, and any other? Do they have like what's? Do they have like animal things? Could they have could they have dire wolves? Dire wolves would be kind of cool, right? Or hellhounds? Like what if we reskin a hellhound into a warforged? Um what would they be called? The wolves of the Kala? <laughs> um The Silver Fangs. Uh, which are Warforged Dire Wolves. Uh, war they're Warforged Hellhounds. They breathe fire. Rippers. Yeah, that is a good one. Good good job. The Rippers. Cool. That has some variety. So we got Lord of Blades guys. Uh, and then we have, so we have Drawn. We have Lord of Blades. Do we other monster types that would be wandering around here? So we have like the making, uh, the monsters wandering around making. Um, I probably ought to add, uh, let, let's look at making itself. Cause I think I might've already made a list. Um, I didn't. Somewhere, I guess maybe I made it for, I already made it like a cool list of the stuff from, go to the glass plateau. Um, 
those aren't great either. Those are a bunch of different things. Uh, maybe. Uh, whoops. I'm looking for. Uh, so let's go to my maybe Farragon. I might have had some about other monsters that wander around. I didn't. I thought I had a good list of the crazy warforged, the the crazy monsters inside. Um, um, uh, the crazy monsters inside um, uh, Arcana of the Ancients, but I apparently didn't do it. Um, very well. I gotta say, like, neither of my groups really like living spells. They're just, they're not, they don't like them. They're not, it's not that they don't like them in a good way. Uh, it's, they don't like them in a, um, they just don't like them. Which is kind of a bummer. Uh, I guess I'll grab that list from, uh, the Glass Plateau. Because I, at least I have, like, names of things here so I'll grab that and we'll put that in here but I'm probably going to use fewer of these I don't need cow wanderers don't need loaded blades we've already had moth swarms uh, audacious destroyers maybe uh, fusers are probably pretty good hollow glaive I think are pretty good stalking shades probably not so if I want any other monsters, I can just pull something out of Beasts of Flesh and Steel or Archon of the Ancients. Uh, both of them have kind of interesting uh, interesting monsters to choose. Uh, Book of Flesh and Steel, it's called. It's by uh, Monty Cook Games. And it's got lots of different, um, lots of different monsters in it. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to that in a second. I think I probably can find a better list of stuff. Uh, so treasure, where would they find their treasure? They it could be a couple different places. They could find a treasure vault inside. It depends on where they go. Um, but we'll just make up a regular good old, uh, we'll go to Donjon. And we will go to the Donjon treasure generator, random dungeon treasure. Is that right? No, five years. That's a random dungeon generator. It's because I can't read. Treasure generator. And we go to treasure. Well, what did I just do? Uh, we are doing a horde and this is going to be cr 11 ion stone of sustenance i have to expand my window because i can't see i wonder if this does this work better in the other window i don't know that either window works particularly well i can at least shrink it so it fits so we'll do that did i screw up my window does it, does it look okay Moving my windows around is always a bad idea. There we go. So let's take a look. Um, what do we have here? Moonstone, puzzle box, spell scroll, message, lame. Two healing potions, potion of growth. No, lame. Dust of dryness. No. Um, supreme healing. I usually just run treasure parcels, treasure parcels until I see one that grabs me. Um bunch of potions here spell scroll polymorph that's pretty great um that one's not that one's not too bad 
I think we'll grab that one. Whoops. The thing I love about um, Donjon's treasure generator is that it um, it gives you the page numbers for things too. So now I'm looking for actual, an ion stone of mastery. What is that? Ion stone of, Mastery, your proficiency bonus increases by one while this pale green prism orbits your head. That's pretty powerful, right? That means all your stuff goes up. Um, is that game-breaking? I mean, everybody would want that because you're just, you're just better. It's kind of boring, though, isn't it? I think it's kind of boring. Uh, what else? I'm trying to look for... I want to see actual physical belt of fire giant strength. Uh, I don't want to give one of those away. It's too good. Who would wear that? Broadsword might. Belt of fire giant strength. I think fire is a really good one, right? Yeah, 25. So what is that, plus 12? No. Plus seven, right? Whoa. Frost Giant's not so bad, though. Uh, I think a belt of stone giant strength isn't out of hand. Hitting a proficiency, getting, yeah, hitting a proficiency bonus is a big power. It's a big power boost, but it's boring, right? Like you just get plus one to stuff. Glamored studded leather armor. Plus one AC, you also gain a bonus action to speak the armor's command word, cause the armor to assume the appearance of a normal set of clothing or some kind of armor. You decide what it looks like, including the style. That's pretty cool. Glamored studded leather. I dig that. And I think I got multiple people that would like that. So we're gonna put that in there. I don't know who's wearing it, but that looks cool. Um. So I've got some treasure set. Uh, let's fix up the scratch pad. I don't need my Wednesday group, so I can cut that. Got my Sunday group, so they are all there. Everything is set there. Um, uh, so some other ideas might be stuff from Beast of Flesh and Steel. So, okay, so now we're going to, uh, let's kill this list. And actually, where we're gonna we're gonna add just so I don't lose it, I'm gonna add this list to uh, making. Um, I don't think I already did. So we have uh, encounters in making, and we're gonna add a subsection for um, what are we gonna call them? Rogue, uh, rogue. I'll call them wandering encounters. We can get rid of this because it's like these didn't, I didn't say anything here. Like, that's boring, right? Uh, 
right? Uh, we could make this a, so this, this is kind of a cool, here's a cool trick I learned. And Merrick, Merrick Blackman taught me this trick. Um, Merrick writes for Merrick's Musings, uh, among other places on Twitter at Merrick B, I think. And uh, which is if you want to create an, an, a curve, a dice curve that gives you a flat top at the middle of the curve, take two dice of different denominations, like a D6 and a D8. So um, 1D6 plus 1D8 is what we're going to use, right? And that gives us, so the range is two, three, um, so what we'll do is one, but, uh, blank cause there is no, so two is a rare and this can go up to how much 14. And your outer edges are your most extreme examples. And then your inner ones, I think the, a seven, an eight and a nine all have an equal chance of coming up when you roll a D6 plus a D8. I don't know what that percentage is, but I know it's a flat top. So we're gonna just put some blanks in here. And a seven is gonna be um, Lord of Blades Agents. An eight will be Sorakel, um, will be Drawam Agents. And a nine will be uh, Silver Flame Crusaders, right? And then 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 are other things. So what, what we have here is we have a, you know, so this is blank, right? Whoops. Oops, oh, what did I just do? Um. One doesn't have anyone because you can't roll one. Um, but you're, 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 when you're building a random encounter table with a D6 plus a D8, it gives you a bell curve, which means your middle numbers are going to come up more often. It means that the three in the middle are going to come up the most often. Um, and then your outer edges are going to be your most extreme. So now we have uh, 10 other monsters, right? Yeah, 10 other monsters to add to this list. And we're going to use... Uh, two sources for this. We're going to use um, Arcana of the Ancients. And I'll pull that up here. Uh, we can close that. And we can, we'll keep that. And we'll keep that. We'll open this as a page, though. So it's full, full size. There we go. And uh, we're going to use Beasts of Flesh and Steel. We have some time. It's only, it's only 43 minutes in the show, so I can spend some time doing this. Like, if you notice, game's pretty well set, kind of. Well, yeah, there's a couple things we ought to look at. So maybe before we do this random encounter, because this is a lot of stuff. Um, uh, Urzun says D6 plus D6 has a bell curve where there are three most common. Wouldn't a D6 plus a D8 have four most common? I don't think so. So D6 plus a D6, a seven is the most common. But the six and the eight are less uh, are less common than the D, than the seven is. But when you do a d six and a d eight, a seven and eight and a nine are 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 all equally common. Uh, Evil John in in chat just posted the dice probability. Let's take a look at that. 
Yeah, and you can see seven, eight, and nine each have a 12.5% chance, which is six times greater than the two or the 14, which only have a 2% chance. So you can see not only is it a bell curve, it's a bell curve with a flat top. And that's what makes it so interesting. It turns out anytime you mix two types of dice, a D4 plus a D6, if you wanted a real short one, you could do a D4 plus a D6. And that would be how many variants? Uh, top on the D, so be, that's between two and 10, right? And your five, six, and seven are all equal. Let's, let's take a look. Why am I, I'm sitting right here looking at the site and I'm busy. Uh, so this is, I think, your smallest uh, calculate. This is your smallest random encounter chart that you could do with two dice, two different dice, a D4 and a D6. It gives you nine slots, three, you know, and 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 in your middle three, five, six, and seven are your most common. So if you had six monsters, and maybe you know, maybe we'll. If we, if we can't find enough monsters, maybe we'll go that way. But this, a D4 plus a D6 is a really good, easy, simple way to do a bell curve random encounter table with nine slots where the middle three slots are all equally likely. So if you wanted one for like that, you could do that. It's up to you. And, and honestly, building random encounter tables is not the most useful, efficient thing on time. In fact, we're going to stop looking at it right now for a little bit and instead look at what the maps look like for these locations that I could potentially run. So, because the issue is, I don't know which one of these places they're going to go. Um, are they going to go to the Earth Moat? I think they're most likely to go to the Fortress of Blades. So let's look at the Fortress of Blades. And I have a map. I don't think I filled anything out on this. So the Fortress of Blades has two levels. So like, how can they get in? Well, there's an underground section uh, and they, someone might know, and they could get in through the underground section. So what do they, oh, underground is where they want to go, right? And that's where, and maybe we'll take this rooftop thing and make it lower rather than upper. And it's, and that's where they go down and it's a big purple worm. So that's supposed to be the roof, but I think we'll make it the basement. And then in here, I'm going to, you know, because I'm, I'm going to run rogue because I don't really know, um, Luckily, this already has descriptions of what could be in here. It's got barracks. It's got tables where they eat. It's got, you know, a roof. It probably has, you know, a courtyard where they're, where they're kind of gathering. Um, so uh, he says, I'm guessing they'll go whichever mall says the best way. He's not going to say which is the best way. He's going to say there are three ways you're going to have to pick, right? And But the, the, the thing is that this way is, I think, going to be the closest. Um. So I already have descriptors in here. That's probably good enough. And I'm going to have to wing it otherwise. Um, so we will see. But I've got a nice map ready to go. Uh, so that's there. Uh, the daughter's earth mode, if they go up there, I already pulled out a map for this too. I'm waiting for the map to come up. And I, yeah, so this is multi-levels too. I think I took a ziggurat. And I don't have any labels for this. So... I should probably whip up like, you know, a list. Oh, look at that. Yay, I already did. Oh, glorious, right? I guess I already worried that they were going to go here. And so I came up with a list of, looks like 13 places they could go. Scrying chamber, teleported to Drawham, summoning chamber, dark laboratory, giant giant barracks, troll barracks, artificer's laboratory, black library, you know, all these kind of places. 
So there's a bunch of different places in here, troll pits. And then I can sort of just pick from these as they're exploring, right? Which I think is what I'm going to do. So that's if they decide to go that way. And then there's, I have a very quick sort of encounter, encounter list. I guess I did put nulls on there. Uh, I, I'll probably, whoops. Uh, I'll probably get rid of that because I don't think, I think we decided against that. Bugbears would actually be good agents. Um, Medusa, Cyclops, Trolls, Ogres, Bugbears, Goblin, Artificers. So that's pretty good. Um, so I did, I guess I did a little homework there and that helps. And then if they go the other way, I know that way because that's the way my other group went. And that's through the Spire of Silver Flame. Uh, they meet the Silver Flame. That actually is a good, safe place to rest. And then they take the Dark Tunnels and Shattered Laboratory, uh, which I've already filled out, and run for another group. So I'm good there too. So I've got some good... Um, wow, i got a lot of things going on in here. Uh, oh, you know what? This looks like it's got a lot of my... Uh, this is that list I was looking for. Remember I was going to go through the whole other list? Well, it looks like uh, I've got a list already. So... Uh, and it's got 12 things. Um, so let's go back to my, was it making? I was going to go through Archon of the Ancients and Beasts of Flesh and Steel, but I'm not going to. Uh, I'm going to close those up. And we're instead going to go to uh, making. Um, we will paste this here. And we can. So this is probably, so I have 11 of them, and I needed... 10 so i have one more they've already seen gazers so i'm going to get rid of gazers gazers are like little uh lightning things and i think so we're going to take the nastiest ones um and put them so a hollow glaive and dread riders are probably the most likely rogue elements they could also sort of be um members of the lord of blades uh the most dangerous the relentless reaper i think is really bad so we're going to put that in 14 disassembler uh whoops what happened there uh the disassembler why does it i don't know why hit the right button right yeah that was weird that's a real nasty one so we'll put that in there uh, gray sampler, Zev, fuser. Fusers are really bad, I think. I don't know. We're just going to place them in here. Why is this not working, man? Either I'm not hitting it hard enough. So I'm really just pasting these in here. I don't know what the hell a Nildar is. Nildar is. Um, three slots left, a sector. Gray sampler. That leaves me a slot. Um, um, I should have kept my, I think I still have them. We'll take a look. There were some really cool So we're going to go to Arcana of the Ancients. I lied. We are going to go to Arcana of the Ancients. We're going to look for one more. Uh, monsters. We're going to look through here and try to find cool. Uh, I like this guy, Accelerator. I don't think I have one of these on that list. 
This is the one I was looking for. Giant, nasty critters. Not on the list. Um, and that is on page 143. There we go. So now I can get rid of this whole thing. And now what I've got is a random encounter table. Uh, the reason why I have the one with the dash is that you can't apparently, I think if, if I, um, I can't start a list with two uh, <laughs> in Notion. So I have to kind of hack that. Uh, but such is life. Um, so I have a random encounter table that's a D6 plus a D8 when they are wandering around and making, and it's going to favor Lord of Blades, Draw Arm, and Silver Flame. So I can, I can as they're wandering around, uh, I can go through that. So let's take a look. Let's see, we've got about eight minutes left, and we're going to look at the, um, the point crawl for this place. So uh, in this case, let's go to, let's see, we'll go here. I'm going to do what I did yesterday, although I don't know that I've got a window ready. Um, whoops. So we'll do it. I guess we can do it here. Graph res. Uh, so I've got my point crawl. Uh, for, um, uh, for making, right? And, and right now the, the characters are at the scorched, they're at the sky dancer wreck. So they can get to, um, the fortress of blades, um, There's not a lot of like, you know, I don't know. I might, I might kind of, as they step out of the sky dancer, they might be able to see this stuff and they can sort of make their way through, uh, to get to the daughter's earth mode, uh, if they need to, um, yeah, I think it's okay. Um, so I'm going to keep using the same one and just start them at the sky dancer. Let's uh, open this up in, in another. Uh, show in a folder. Pop over a new window. You can kind of see that. So um, they're at the Skydancer wreck. They, they started at the Gates of Making. They found the secret path called Blackwater Way that led them to the runoff. Uh, at the runoff, they made their way to Skydancer wreck, where they're going to see that there's a scorched trench that leads to the Fortress of Blades. Um, on the, that's on the Western side of the city. So this whole thing is kind of reversed. They could sort of skate around the fortress of blades. Maybe I, so this is why I think they're going to end up going through the fortress of blades because everything else is far away. If they want to get to the silver flame, the spire of the silver flame, uh, they'll have to take a different route. Um, and same with the daughter's earth mode. If they want to get underneath the daughter's earth mode, they will have to go to the fortress of blades, claw rift, and then the troll haunt road. Um, or they will have to, uh, go to the, the silver flame spire, uh, by going to the sky dancer wreck, the fortress of blades, claw rift, and the cracked road back to the silver flame spire. So there's ways they can do it, but all of the, all of their routes kind of take them from the fortress of blades. I'm trying to think if there's another connector from the sky dancer wreck that could take them somewhere interesting. Um, but I don't really see one. 
because there aren't direct connections between these. You kind of don't want direct connections between these. So I think that will be fine anyway. You know, I think that um, I think that I can make that clear, and they can decide. But they'll probably end up going to the Fortress of Blades as their as their path, which I think will be fine. Um, so yeah, I think that I think that's fine. It's all fine. So let's take a look at our notes. About a couple, few minutes left. I didn't describe any scenes because I don't know where they're going. So I'm going to get rid of the scene section. Remember, you kill kill any of the steps that aren't useful for you at any point. Um, so, uh, uh, oh, so Roger asks, do we, do I roll? I will probably roll for them because I also like to change the answers if I don't like if it doesn't kind of fit. Um, so I've got my strong start, but I'm, I'm not really having anything major. Like, we're not going to have a fight right off the bat. There'll probably be plenty of times for a fight. So I, I, I'm going to not start with a fight this time. Um, then I've got my piles of secrets and clues, lots of different things going on. This is all so that they can start to make their way down to Claw Rift. That's their whole goal, get to Claw Rift. I could clarify that point. You know, their goal is to get to Claw Rift. Uh, I have my locations. Probably the location that's most likely is going to be the... Um, Fortress of Blades. So I want to make sure that that's okay. Uh, and, but they may go to the Daughter's Earth Month. They may go to the Silver Spire. I don't really know. They're going to have some options. But most of them would be like they have to kind of skate around the fortress, get past the Fortress of Blades. Uh, they could also backtrack and go back to the front gate again. Uh, Maul is the NPC they're most likely to meet. That's probably going to happen in the, in the beginning of the game. Uh, Broadsword is the head of the, um, the the Lord of Blades and probably has a um, nose... Um, uh, probably knows Banner. Lance Commander Severa is the head of the Silver Flame. Uh, and then, of course, we have the daughters, the three daughters of Sorakal. We have um, Cavella and we have Leto Skull. So we're good on NPCs. Got my big list of monsters and I got my wandering around, um, wandering making, wandering monsters and making. Which, of course, is in uh, the making location. So I'm good there. I need that extra line. I got some treasure, and I got my scratch pad. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty good. I think I'm all set. I feel, I feel like I've got everything I need to run my game today. Um, I will. You know, it's really interesting. Just like all the hyperlinking in Notion and how that makes it much easier to sort of keep things together. So normally I wouldn't have like detailed NPC tables. And I'll be honest, like it's cool to have them. Like to be able to look and be like, here are all the NPCs that I have in my campaign. Feels really great. You know, like, oh, I got all this stuff. But I'll tell you, besides like showing the picture, I hardly use them. Like, I just don't go into them, you know? Um, I, I don't really keep a lot of notes in there. Uh, I link a lot of stuff, which feels good, but I don't know how useful it is. So, um, yeah. So Nerdfest says, can you, can you expand on the six truths? So, yeah, sure. So the six truths, we'll talk a lot about this when I get into my Frost Maiden game. Uh, and I think I, uh, I don't know that I have it here. Um, but I started a, let's see if I can find it real quick. I'll give you a sneak preview. Uh, documents, let's see. We'll talk about that. So, um, da -da. Frost Maiden, and we'll pop up a new window. 
and my frost painted one page campaign guide. So here are uh, here is my uh, one page handout that I'm likely to use. I've I've kind of run this by a bunch of people. I've run it by we have a frost maiden Discord channel on my Discord server. Uh, there is also an official. I kind of it's kind of official. There is definitely a Discord server that's focused just on frost maiden, uh, and um, so I've run it by them and, and got some feedback from them too. So I think I'm pretty happy with this. And you can see that like uh, what I have here are five truths. So six is arbitrary. You don't need six. Uh, you can have three. You can have none. You can have, you know, you probably want some, but it's basically what are the things. So the six truths are what are the things you want to hammer into the heads of your players so they understand the kind of campaign you're going to have, right? These are things the players know. They're things the characters know. They are, they are, and they are, they are true. They're not false. So I have five. Uh, the sun hasn't risen for two years is one of them. This is for, this is for Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. The people of 10 towns conduct sacrifices to Arl the Frost Maiden. They know this too. The two-year night cycle has cut off the, this is actually something I'm adding, right? The two-year night has cut off the frozen north from the rest of the Sword Coast. So no one's making any trips to or from the Sword Coast. That's, I'm making that up because I think in the book you can make travel, but I think it's more interesting when that, it, it supports that whole isolation that like whatever else is going on in the Sword Coast, it doesn't matter here. And what's happening here, no one is paying any attention to the Sword Coast. Ancient and powerful secrets lie under the ice. That's very vague. But the idea is like that, that could be a motivator or driver for the characters. Like, we, I want to learn what secrets are under the ice. And they'll learn more about stuff under the ice. And shadowy figures lurk in the mountains, hammering upon, a strange, uh, uh, hammering upon strange black metal. Right? Who are they? What are they making? And that ties in uh, with the whole Durgar sideline. So those are my five truths for Frostmaiden, if you want an example. And the goal of the truths is that the players know what they are and can build their characters around them. They can use them as hooks for their characters. Uh, it shows what makes this campaign different from the other ones, right? So like, why is this campaign different than the Eberron one? Like, why is it different than uh, the the Tomb of Annihilation? So, you, you know, what are the things that are defined? But the key to the truth is that they are true. They are common knowledge for, for your characters and they are known to your players and they help your players drive what you want. So that's that's the goal there. And you just do five bullets because it's easier than doing a paragraph. I think for Eberron, I didn't have truths. I think it was, I think for Eberron, Eberron the book has truths in it. So you could just be like, I think when I was doing my one pager for Eberron, I was like, read chapter one because it's got all the stuff you need to know about Eberron. So yeah, and then I have the other theme. So that you want you want to know about the, the truths. Uh, can the six truths be only metagame knowledge? I don't know what that means. I'm not sure. I mean, I know what metagaming is, but when you say only metagaming knowledge, I'm not sure what you mean. Uh, I'm not I'm sure. I don't think I understand the question. Um, yeah, I'm glad you, uh, people are happy to join the screen the stream. Yeah, I'm glad you can make it too. Uh, how many Obi-Wan Kenobi jokes do you make with character Ken Maul? I'll let you know. A grievous amount. Oof. Yeah, so I think uh, that is where we are all, we are going to end the show today. So I'm going to thank everybody for coming. Thank you all for hanging out for all this time, chatting about D&D. Thank you for letting me uh, prep my show with you. And uh, we will, uh, I will see you next week same time and we will see how things went as we are getting closer and closer to the end of this uh eberron campaign so thank you very much have a great week and happy new year to everybody and uh let's uh let's play some D, D this year talk to you guys later <laughs>